Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. We're talking about one of the most subjects that you never hear taught on in churches. That's sex. So welcome if it's your first time. We don't always preach on that at C3 City Light. You just came on a great Sunday. I found, I found that in my walk with the Lord and growing up in church and stuff like that, one of the areas that I needed the church to be the loudest and the clearest on was pretty silent. You know? It's like this rule of first mentions. Like whoever speaks, whoever first introduces a concept to you kind of just becomes the authority on that concept because they talk to you first about it. So you're kind of like everything else is kind of getting weighed again. Man, so God help us if we're learning about sex from like the bathroom walls at school or the playground or the lunchroom or the internet. Lord, have mercy on us, right? And so, um, so today, man, as the church, we want to go back to what God's word says. And so um, if you're not ready to have that conversation with your kid, now's a great time to transition and that's okay and we love you and everyone's welcome and all that I just wanted to give come on man I'm gonna do my parents I'm gonna do you a solid all right I got (laughs) um we're in this series right now called all the fills all the fills the first week we talked about um the whole premise has been our feelings are a wonderful gauge like they're a great gauge of what's going on in our heart and in our mind they're a great gauge of what's going on but they are a terrible guide And if you just get stuck following your feelings and always being led by your feelings, you'll just see there's a pattern that develops in your life. Why? Because you're trapped in your feelings and it's this roller coaster. You better be holding on really tight. We don't want to be led by our feelings. We want our feelings to let us know, I'm angry. I'm sad. There's an offense in my life. I should deal with that, not put on a happy face and keep moving. No, our feelings are a wonderful guide, our gauge. They're just a terrible guide. So we talked about the first week on conflict. Feelings are a great gauge in conflict, but they are a terrible guide. If you don't deal with feelings and process feelings and work through it, man, you can get stuck in a rut of conflict where you become offended and bitter. And, I mean, man, it will train wreck a relationship. We feel so distant. We feel so far apart. Yeah, because you're trapped in your feelings and you never got out. Last week, we talked about communication and how important communication is and how important the words in our mouth are. And I I got to break it down because I grew up in Wilson County, man. We grow stuff. We grow tobacco. We grow cotton. And one of the things I had the privilege of growing was in a plant nursery. And part of growing those plants was I got to spray Roundup. And I had way too much authority and way too much trust for like a little 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. I'm on this old tractor with 200 gallons of Roundup, baby. And anything, I just start killing. Well, we talked about last week that we all are driving a tractor. We're all spraying either water with miracle Grow or Roundup with death. And it's all coming out of our mouth. But man, remember from last week, our mouth is tethered to our heart. And our future is tethered to our mouth. So, man, we got to make sure our hearts are right. We got to make sure that 200 gallon of, is water full of good nutrients and, and uh, miracle grow, not Roundup. But we talked about our feelings, how if we don't learn to gauge our emotions and our feelings, if we're not careful, our heart will get toxic. And then our tongue's going to get toxic. And then you watch the relationships around you are going to slowly begin to die. Why? Because of what you're speaking. 
But it's about our feelings and getting those things in check. They're a great gauge and a terrible guide. This is me giving you the cliff notes for two weeks if you missed them. You're caught up. You're good to go. Our podcast, go to the iTunes store, C3 City Light. You can hear all of this in more depth. But today, I just kind of want to set it up. We're talking about sex. The subtitle of this is We Didn't Start the Fire. Anybody remember that old school Billy Joel song? I think from the 80s. It was like we had to learn that song in history and then choose like one or two things and do a project on it. I chose the Berlin Wall. It's this like fast, really upbeat. We didn't start the fire. It's been burning since the world's been turning. And uh, we didn't make the world crazy. It was already crazy before we got here. Sex. We didn't start the fire. This thing's been burning since before we got here. You know what I mean? Like, no one in this room created sex. You didn't. All right? God did. And so only he, since he's the creator, should be the voice we're listening to to define it. And that's the premise for all of this today. We live our life off of principles, not on feelings. Oh, it's cold outside today. I don't feel like coming to church. Oh, it's raining outside today. I don't feel like coming to church. Oh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I don't feel like. No, we don't live our life off of feelings. We live our life off of principles. Hey, there's a blessing for me in the house of God. I've got brothers and sisters that I'm going to get to see and encourage, and they're going to see me and encourage me and pat me on the back, and I'm going to go and receive some faith, and there's going to be this exchange in my life from worry and fear, and faith is going to come. We live off of principles, not feelings. How true should that be for our sex life? One of the greatest gifts God's given us, but it's got to be stewarded the right way. If you've got your Bible with me, or with, with you, turn with me to Genesis 1. We're going to pick up at verse 28. We're going to bounce around a little bit today. If you're taking notes, point one, we didn't start the fire, God did. Genesis 1, 28. Verse 28 says, then God blessed them. Remember, we're in the Garden of Eden, okay? We're in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Here we go. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. So the first thing after he creates them, the first thing he tells them to do be fruitful and multiply. He didn't say build a tabernacle and start worshiping me, get a new worship set and let's go and start get the acoustic out. He just said be fruitful and multiply. God's design. Before there was sin in the garden, there was sex in the garden. We didn't start the fire. You might be sitting there, I got a sex drive and I don't know what to do with it. I was scared growing up to pray, God, take away my sex drive. What if he didn't give it back to me? I'm going to need that when I get married, God. You can't have that. Like, I, I'd never prayed that. I was scared to pray that, man. I was like, I don't know. About. But now that I'm starting to get older and I start to really look at God's word, the Bible says a lot about sex and sexuality. It says a lot about it. And since he's the creator, he gets to define it. But we live in a world where everybody else wants to define it their way. And let me tell you right now, you do not want to define your sexuality your sex life and your sex drive off of how you feel. Feelings are a great gauge and a terrible guide. Amen? So point one, we didn't start the fire. God did. Be fruitful and multiply. I can only imagine that when that was given, that command was given, Adam, be fruitful and multiply. Just in my mind, I hear Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. I just hear that playing like in the lights and the candles and Adam's in the garden lighting candles. And hey, Eve. I don't know, that's where my head goes. 
But there was nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong. Genesis 2.25, and they were naked and unashamed. There was nothing wrong with this. But yet now in our church culture, I mean, I grew up in church, and I don't really remember ever getting taught this, ever. It was real hush-hush and come on, son, we need to have a talk about this with the youth pastor, and let's get to the corner of the church, and all right now, okay, listen, little Johnny. And you're like, that just sets it up to feel like it's shameful. And it's not. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. It's a mandate from God. But why is it that we feel dirty and we can't talk about it in church? They don't get it wrong. We talk about a lot of other things at C3 City, like other than just sex. So come back next week. You're going to learn about how God's going to develop you in the dark room. And through obscurity, God brings up things and develops us and gets us prepared and ready. All right, so it won't be about sex next week, okay? So come back. But today we're already in it, so let's just keep going forward. Mark 10, verses 6 through 9. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 10, verse 6 through 9. Oh, I love this. It's so good. Verse 6. But God made them male and female. Time out. Because he created sex and sexuality, he gets to define it. Seemed like a good segue. Back to verse 6. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So I did a little bit of digging, did a little bit of research. I was so curious what in the original text that word joined meant. So I looked it up in the Greek, and I'm not even really going to try to pronounce it because it's just going to embarrass me and make you feel dumber for hearing it. But that word there, eh, we'll try it. Proskalau, it means glue. That word there for cleave, for join, glue. Glue, adhesive. Sex is one of the greatest gifts God's given humanity. Physical intimacy of coming one. No one else in the world has this knowledge except for my spouse. And they know me better than anyone else. Good, bad, ugly, they know. And through this physical intimacy and connecting, I've left my family. I've left and now I'm cleaving. Now I'm joined. Now I'm glued together with my partner, with my spouse. I'm glued but we live in a culture where it says that serial dating's okay. Oh, and if eh, the sex wasn't that great or the relationship wasn't that great, just swipe right, go on to the next one. Thank you, Tinder. There's an app for that, man. There's an app for everything. There's an app for your dating life. There's an app to count your calories. There's an app to read your Bible. There's an app for everything. We've even simplified dating and one night stands, man. But my point is since God made sex, and created it. His design is the design we want to follow. And this idea of joining, being glued together. What does that look like if I just, if I treat my sexual, if I treat my sex drive and my sex life so cheap that I'll just give it to anyone? Then when I am with my spouse, finally, what am I giving them? Now, if you've messed up, you've got to understand there's no situation that God can't redeem. There's no relation he can't restore. Look, there's no one perfect in this room. So if you're like, oh, I'm not perfect, I don't belong. <laughs> if perfect was the standard to get in that door, I wouldn't be in here. 
All right? There's grace. So don't feel like I've blown out. I'm here to tell you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to control you. That's my sex life. Don't talk. All I'm here to do is tell you what God's plan for your life is. And I'm telling you, his plan is better than ours. It just is. So, friend, if you feel like I've messed up, I can't, I feel so, stop it. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All right? So just, just breathe. You've been on the edge of your seat the whole time since you heard what I was going to talk. Just breathe. Slip on back. Ah, God loves you. He's for you. You're simply here to hear there's a better way. There's a better way. All right, here we go. Point number two. Point number two. Following our feelings can take us where we don't want to go. Man, if I'm looking and I'm going through feelings of insecurity and I'm letting that be the lens for who I have sex with or don't have sex with, I'm going to spend my life chasing security in something that can't give it to me. And I'm going to pay an awful high price tag for it. But I'm telling you, following our feelings can take us where we don't want to go. Let me kind of just give you a paradigm for how I'm looking at this. I heard this, this, uh, this, this statement a couple months ago, and it just stuck with me. It just, it just hit. It's like from a pastor named Mike Todd. He pastors an amazing church in Oklahoma City. But he said this, the same fire that starts your home, makes your food, starts your car, it is the same fire that can burn down everything in your house. The only difference between the fire is the fire has a container. Come on, man. In the wintertime, I love a good fire. The house we lived in Dallas had a fireplace right in our bedroom, and I just loved it. Like that smell, the crackling. I was always nervous to go to sleep with it on. You know, I was like, wake up burning this place down. But, man, I just love a good fire. Come on, man. How many of us love, it was like, what, 32 degrees this morning? How nice was it being inside your house and it was warm? Like, come on, man. Like, that's pretty awesome, right? Like, it's cold outside, but inside I'm in bed nestled in. It's a comfortable 69 degrees if I'm in control. If April's in control of the thermostat, it's a good 73. We don't fight over that. I just give up and sleep on top of the covers, right? Come on, guys. I have this some free marriage advice. Just give up, sleep on top of the covers. Don't worry about how hot it is. Make sure she's happy. He who loves his wife loves himself. Let her win the battle over the thermostat. All right. Not the point of this, but you're welcome. Valentine's Day was this week. I'm just going to hook you up. But, man, yeah, so we love turning our car over, that spark plug, and boom, it's firing up, and we're driving. We love fire in the right context. We love it. It's a good thing. What a blessing from God. But, oh, man, anybody ever had their house burned down? I had a friend lose his house because of the heat lamp for his iguana. Sorry, iguana. <laughs> We'd never have an iguana again or heat lamp. But, man, what a, a contrite, it's just a silly thing to burn down your house. And they were outside watching their house burn down and everything in it. They got the kids out. And I think he said he got his wallet and his phone. And everything else to the ground charred up. Man, what a terrible experience. But come on. In that moment, oh, this fire's so bad. Fire's such a bad thing. Ah, but in a controlled, inside of a safe container, oh, man, we love fire. It's so warm. It's so good. Sex is the same way. Inside of the right container, the covenant of marriage, such a good, pleasing, wonderful gift from God. It's beautiful. 
It's nothing that unites you and your spouse. I mean, it's a wonderful moment and a gift from God, and it's awesome. But outside of that safe container, we're over here dealing with unwanted pregnancies, dealing with abortions, dealing with STDs, dealing with, I gave you my most precious thing of my life, and now you're not even calling me back? You ghosted me? Dealing with that. But over here, it's such a good thing inside of the parameters that God's blessed us with. Come on, man. How many kids have just been thrown to the curb and discarded? How many babies have been killed? And I get why the church is leery to talk about it. But how crazy would you look at me and call me if I was like on this like, all right, guys, we're going to start picketing fire. We're shutting down all the fires of the world. That's it. Fire is a bad thing. No more Smokey the Bear. No more cars. No more heating inside your house. That's it. Because a couple houses burned down. That's it. We're shutting it all down. Fire's bad. Be afraid of fire. Be afraid of fire. Trey, fire will kill you. Be afraid of it. Right? But that's exactly what we've done with sex. And it's okay to talk about like, both realities of it. Hey, it's a decision. It's a good thing, or it could be a really bad thing. And here's the consequence. I'm not saying we can't talk about consequences. I'm talking about when, when sex comes up, people start to immediately feel ashamed and feel nervous and feel scared. Even so much that we got a three-year-old now and we're going through like eyes, ears, head, elbows, knees, toes, all that stuff. And then, oh, hey, what's this down here? April? Charlotte's got to quit. No, but I don't want to do that because I don't want to make this thing shameful and fearful and taboo. That's your vagina, Charlotte. Let's not talk about that at school. <laughs> talk to it about mommy and daddy and to your doctor. That's it. We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk about that in the grocery store. We don't need to talk about that in the drive-thru. It's mommy, daddy, the doctor. Okay, on to the next thing, right? Like, but if, all right now, little Charlotte, that's your hoo-ha. And, and we make this thing all like weird. Now she's learning, even at the small age of three, this is something we don't talk about. I want this girl to talk to me about everything in her life, even when she's 13 and 14 and doesn't know what to do. Because let me tell you right now, if I don't talk about it as a parent, the world's going to do the job for me. I don't want a PE teacher in sixth grade doing my job for me. That's my job. I got to steward that. Every part of my kid's life, God's given them to me for at least 18 years. At least. I got to steward it. I got to make the most out of it. Can't let this area of their life be shameful and scared. But I'm telling you, back to the whole point, the best way to practice safe sex is inside of the container God's given us. And it's good. It's good. Money might make a gift expensive, but sacrifice makes it valuable. Wedding night. Done got done with the ceremony and the dancing and the sparklers. You just like, yeah, where's the hotel room at? Let's go. And you want to sit there and you remember money might make a gift expensive, but sacrifice makes it valuable. And you're there with your spouse. Baby, this is the most valuable thing I can give you. And man, it was a fight. 
It was a fight. There was moments on prom night I just wanted to sell myself short. Man, there was moments of peer pressure when I was alone with someone I was dating and this and that. And at college, man, it was a fight. And this didn't cost me a bunch of money, but it cost me everything. I had to sacrifice and say no. And it's this valuable to me. I want to get it to you. You better believe that's going to be special on the receiving end. And to be able to share that, that's God's design. That's God's design. And there's a lot of what we live in, right? We're in a fallen world. We're fallen. We, we botch it and mess up and do all this. And there's grace and there's love and there's mercy. But I'm telling you, that's plan A. And there is a reward for trusting God with your whole life. Not just your mind. Not just on Sunday. But with every part of you, including your sex life and your sex drive. Why does God give us a sex drive? Because it causes us to develop fruit of the spirit. Gives it to us, what, 12, 13, maybe 11, I don't know. And then we're not supposed to use until fast forward to marriage. God, what am I supposed to do with this? You give me a tool and then tell me not to use it for several years. What up with that? I mean, really, like, there's not a switch on a sex drive, right? On, off, on, off. There's not. So he gives it to us as a gift to learn to steward it and to trust him with it and to believe that his way is best when everyone else is telling us, nah, man, that's yours. You do what you want to do with that gift. Okay, you can. Then you're going to have that moment with your spouse. Ah, well, thank you so much for saving yourself. That's wonderful. I didn't. I treated my body like an amusement park. And now I've got glue that I've given to everybody in the city of Raleigh. And this ain't that sticky anymore. And I got, look, there's grace. There's redemption. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's healing in the blood of Jesus. He can make any of that stuff right in your life. All I'm saying is why settle when in his word he's given us the design. He's told us what's the best practice, right? He has. But we're not trying to shame people into controlling their sex drive. It will never work. Shame never gets you the results you want. This is for all the parents. Remember this. Shame will never get you the desired outcome that you're hoping. All it's going to do is create a wall. Oh, man, I can't talk to my parents about that. I better act like I got it all together. Right? And here they are clearing search histories and browsers and all this stuff, continuing to do it in the dark. And you think everything's good because you just want to stay on the surface. But deep down, there's a void and a hurt and a pain. I wish I had somebody to talk to about this. What do I do? But shame's not going to give you those results. Grace is. Oh, baby, I love you. There's nothing you can do in this world that's going to keep me from loving you. Right now, you got to know that. But you also got to know I love you, I care about you, and I want what's best for you so much that I'll have any awkward conversation I need to have with you. That's got to be the approach as us as parents. But shame, I think sometimes it's just easier in parenting. Shame on you. Why would you do that? But, man, how much damage does that do to that little kid, that little girl, that little boy? Shame on you. I don't know about you. I'm so glad that our Heavenly Father has not parented me like that. I'm so gracious. Stuart, you idiot. Shame on you. No. 
Come on, man, pick yourself back up. I love you. I shed my blood to cover that exact sin right there. It's going to be okay. But come on, son, trust me. There's a better way. It's always full of grace. But I'm telling you right now to everyone that's single, please hear these words. Money might make a gift expensive, but sacrifice is what's going to make it valuable. And when you have just sacrificed and said no and made tough decisions to keep yourself in a good situation and avoid just all the mistakes that are so easy to make, I'm telling you that sex, that gift is going to be so precious to your spouse. It's going to be precious. It's going to be valued and treasured the way it should be. But if we're being led by our feelings, we'll never pay that price tag. Because feelings are all about self-gratification right now. I feel mad. Punch the wall. Hulk smash. Right? I feel sad. Throw a temper tantrum. Ah, I feel better. We can't be led by our feelings. They've got to be a gauge and not a guide, especially in our sex life. We can't be led by our feelings. We want to be led by principles because feelings are fleeting. They change just like the weather in North Carolina. 38 degrees right now, it's going to be 55 and sunny later. They change, man. Feelings, they're that quick. They're fleeting. But God's principle, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will remain forever. You can build your life on it. It's worthy of your trust. It's worthy of our lives to trust it. Finally, point number three, keep the fire burning. We didn't create the fire. Our feelings can lead us where we're going to, or excuse me, we didn't start the fire. Following our feelings can take us where we don't want to go if we're not careful. And then point number three, keep the fire burning. Genesis 2.25, and the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Oh, Song of Solomon. I tell you, the Bible talks a lot about sex, everybody. Just know that. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Sex is a gift from God. It's a good thing. We don't have to feel fearful or shameful to talk about this with our spouse or with our kids or the people we're mentoring. We don't have to feel ashamed, like, oh, how, ah. No, it's a good thing because it came from God. It's better than wine. Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Now, love is so much more than sex. Don't think that I'm trying to limit love to one physical expression in sex. It's so much deeper and so much purer. And so, I mean, my goodness, the depths of love and I mean, man, I fell in love with April. The other day, I fell in love with her. We had lost our power for, I think, like, I don't know, almost 24 hours. It was so annoying. We went to my parents' house to eat dinners last week during that storm. We're on the way back from my parents' house. It's pouring down rain. I'm in my car. She's in her car, and she puts her flashers over, and I'm like, she pulls over. We're, like, in the neighborhood. What's going on? Are you okay? She's like, yeah, Charlotte just threw up all over my car. Okay. So we start cleaning up the car, cleaning up Charlotte. It's pouring down rain, and you better believe I fell in love with my wife. Didn't complain, didn't get mad, rolled her sleeves up. It's okay, Charlotte. This is going to pass. We're going to get you clean. In a couple minutes, you're going to be in bed, and we're going to sleep, and it's going to be okay. 
I mean, my goodness, man, like, ah, oh, what a great expression of love. Like, I was like, yes, God, thank you for sending those five different people to tell me to marry that woman. I was about to miss it, but you wouldn't let me. Thanks. What a blessing. Had nothing to do with sex. Love is so much deeper than sex, but sex is a part of it. It's expressed. It's, there's an expression of love through physical intimacy. But guys, you got to know, sex is a good thing. It's a gift from God. It's one of the best connectors in marriage. But I feel like when we start off in marriage, it's really easy. The fire's been burning since the world's been turning, right? Oh, it's so much fun, honeymoon and all this. But you better believe there's an intentionality that has to get developed in your life. As your marriage matures and you and your spouse mature and life gets a little bit more complicated and work schedules change and the demands on your time and energy and money change because of kids, there's an intentionality that's required to keep that fire burning. And if we're not careful, we'll get so casual Save yourself all this time, get married, and then start having casual sex? No! This is a gift from God. Don't get casual with it now that you've got it. Oh, it's okay. I'm just going to wear my sweatpants and go to bed, and I'm tired. And Don't let Netflix rob you of the gift of God that you've got right there in your bed. Just getting in that habit, getting that routine, getting in that routine. Uh, sorry, babe, I'm going to go watch the game. Like, We have to be intentional as married couples, this is one of the greatest gifts God's given us to connect. And when we just kind of feel out of sorts and just divided and disunited, God can help us through physical intimacy get back on the same page. It's a blessing. It's a gifting. Everybody's stressed out and worried about this, worried about that. Just throw another log on the fire. Stoke the fire. No, you don't understand. We're in our 60s. You don't understand. I don't even talk to my wife. You don't understand. She's so mad at me. I sleep in a different bed. You don't understand. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing about a fire. It can always get restarted. Oh, it's just embers. Okay, begin to blow on it. Begin to be intentional about it. Begin to be selfless, not just in the bedroom, but when the dishes need to be done. When her car needs to be full of gas. When his car needs to be washed. I'm just going to take some initiative and just be selfless. Oh, babe, you cooked that dish I love. I hadn't had this. I know. I know you really like that one. I just wanted to. Guys, no matter where you find yourself at right now with your sex life or sexuality, just know that God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. He didn't give you this gift just to torment with you. Sometimes it feels like, God, you're tormenting me. Why? Ah. No, he didn't. He loves you and he wants what's best for you. You got to know that God really loves you. He's crazy about you. But I'm telling you, if you're in this room right now and you feel like your fire's just gone out with your spouse, let me give you this one piece of advice. Don't stop dating your wife. Just because you conned her into marrying you 25 years ago, don't stop dating your wife. Ladies, don't stop dating your husband. This is a courtship. It doesn't just end because we get married. There's this dating and this mutual respect and this mutual love and admiration. Come on, remember what it was like on that married night. So special, so amazing. Nothing's changed. I don't care how long you've been married. Sex is still a gift from God. It's still special. It's still amazing. And it's a blessing. Now look, God wants to help us be ruled by our principles and not our feelings. 
And two of the greatest ways to get help with that, number one, right there in your seat, decide today, I'm going to honor God with my sex life. I'm going to surrender it to him. God, you created me, and I believe that you know what's best for me. And I'm going to follow you with every area of my life, including my sexuality. I'm going to to trust you. I'm going to surrender it. And then number two, you got to surround yourself with the right people. This ain't easy. It's not for the faint of heart. Isolation always makes us feel weak, gets us separated from the pack, and then we're just, I'm alone. I'm the only one in the world struggling with this. No, you're not. We're all struggling with that. We all need help with that. So number one, decide to surrender. God, I'm going to honor you with my sex. Because I'm telling you, that will not happen on accident. You're going to have to be intentional about it. You just are. I just hope I get it right. No, you need a plan in place before any of those moments ever come into your life. If you're single, you need a plan in place. When you start dating that person, go ahead and define the relationship right off the bat. Hey, I just want to let you know my sexuality is really important to me. My sex life's really important to me. And I'm going to treasure that and keep create, I'm going to treat it valuable. And so unless we end up getting married, you're never going to know about that part of my life. And if they walk out right then, thank the Lord. Stop, leave the dinner table, and just start praise breaking. Thank you, God, that you sent Mr. Wrong right on his way. Right? Because they didn't deserve it anyway. It didn't. Surround yourself with the right people. You've got a chance at dinner parties to get around some of the best, kindest, most wonderful, loving people in the whole city of Raleigh. Surround yourself people with the surround yourself with the right people. And especially in areas like this, you don't have to do it alone. Ask them for help. All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to pray for you. I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit can minister to your sex life in this area of your life better than I ever could. So we're going to take this time and we're going to pray. Jesus, today our goal is to honor you with every part, all of our mind, all of our body, all of our spirit. God, we want to worship you and honor you with all of it, including our sexuality. Lord, for everyone in this room that just feels hopeless, feels defeated. You don't understand what happened to me. God, if you're good, then why did this happen to me and and affect my sexuality? Why, God? Why? Why? But Lord, you have all the answers to those questions. And today, God, we simply come to you and surrender. We trust you. We love you. We want to do it your way. Holy Spirit, speak through our hearts in the areas we need adjusted. Lord, for every couple that's been married for a while and they just feel like they've lost that connecting point, breathe new life, new wine, new power into that area of their life, Lord, where selflessness just comes up, God, where selflessness and just the act of surrender and loving and caring and nourishing and taking care of God just begins to just be multiplied in their marriage. In Jesus' name, Lord. God, give us your spirit of boldness and love for your truth that us, that those that are going to have this conversation with their kids would do it in a way that honors you, that's not ashamed of the darkness, that's not scared of the darkness, that will stand on your principles and declare it with just truth and power and love and grace. Help us, God, to be more like you in every area of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.